All right, you guys ready? Let's do this. You're listening to the best of the best of the best. Fully loaded. It was so good. Luck, luck, luck. I don't think I've ever been chuffed. And what the mouth word said was, you talk too much. Scotty Potty Hay. Someone slap me. That is not that crazy. That's hard. Losers. This is like proof of the supernatural. This is not the first goal scored by a hand this month. What? You made your own luck. You win by winning. When he plays, he scores. You're a pouty baby that doesn't deserve to be a baby. He's just a beardo. Si, senor. I would like the pollo ranchero, por favor. I'm just going to pour myself another bourbon and just let this thing roll. All right, welcome to the latest edition of the Fantasy Soccer FC Podcast. This is David Smith. Scott Weeby. Brian Chesko. Well, we have matches. A lot. And because we have matches. More matches than any other time the rest of the year. We have lots of content. There's lots of stuff. We're going to miss things and, and or have to skip things and or be very shallow with certain That's things. That's absolutely true. We are 12 matches in to the 92 matches that were remaining when the season resumed. Game week 30 plus is in the books. We are sitting down and recording this not too long after Manchester City thrashed Burnley 5-0. Has anyone determined why the plus? Because it's 31 plus. Because we already had 30. Did we? Yeah, you made a free transfer during game week 30, remember? No, but there was no games during that week. No, but How dare we call it a game week 30 when there was no games? I hear that, but FPL and its one computer continued on, played out the season. It It would have confused it. It's got to name it something slightly different. We have to go with a plus so it knows. Yeah, so for our purposes, listen, listeners, you might think this is obnoxious, but I'm just being factually accurate here. It's game week 30 plus that just wrapped up. (laughs) And as we sit here so Monday night, stu- that is so stupid. I, I, <laughs> we he's are right. He's not wrong, bro. Why are you against this? I, I'm not sure what the argument Listen, is. Listen, we have a lot to talk about. Let's it's not just, get hung up on the yeah, plus side. I, I yeah, know. that's fair. We are 16 hours away as we sit down here from the start of game week 31. Good lord, plus. And so. <laughs> You're not going to listen to this in time to get the strategy you need for 31+. plus. But we hope that our discussion of 30+, plus will entertain you and that we'll still be able to give you plenty of relevant fantasy advice heading into 32+, plus and beyond as we resume and complete the 1920 FPL and Premier League season. Now, there's a lot to talk about. We have all sorts of segments. Yes, we're about to have the most epic Arsenal moment segment in this show's history. We're also going to have a very special, and I know I say that every time we do it, but this week I really mean it. Brian J. <laughs> listened to my suggestion, which makes me so happy, mm-hmm. and he has put together a very special How to Say with Brian J. segment. I'm very excited about that. I have roughly 27 things I want to talk about. Oh. I don't know about you guys, but uh, there's a lot. I don't have lot. anything I want to talk about. Uh-huh. <laughs> there's a lot here. And uh, and so, I don't know what else to say other than I think we should just go on and get into it. Just Let's get on with Game Week 30 plus. So the first two matches were in the middle of the week this past week. Uh, the two that needed to be played to get everybody up to 29 matches on the season. 
And uh, and I posted on social media that after those two matches, we could have put together an entire podcast episode and posted what the agenda would look like. But the very first thing on the list was that after one match, anything you did, probably almost anything that you did to maximize double game weeks probably paid off. Yeah. There's two things that have to be said about your FPL strategy for game week 30 plus. If you tried to maximize your double game week in, in the right way, in a, in a way that mostly made sense, <clears throat> don't play <coughs> Arsenal. He's right, you know. And uh-huh. and if you bench boosted, your score is probably well over 100. We're over 100. Yeah. yeah. I agree completely. All those yuckamoos who, <laughs> who thought that, oh, I'm not going to use my bench boost. That's stupid. <laughs> no, the strategy paid off. And, and I'm even more convinced after seeing the games – that those four teams played on the weekend. Because now what? Everyone Scott's playing midweek, right? Yep. No one's getting a full week's rest. Nope. Jumping right into it. So yeah. w- what we saw from those four teams, Villa, Sheffield, City, and Arsenal, major lineup changes. Did this – did game week 30, did the games go on? Because I would have been good to know <laughs> before my strategy of not doing anything. Brian, I wasn't going to bring that up <laughs> did yet. You, did you forget to set your lineup? I missed the deadline oh. completely. I didn't, he didn't I didn't re- even change my captain oh. from okay. game week 29. <laughs> Who was your captain? 29 minus. <laughs> Who was your captain then? Sadio Mane. That's not terrible. It was not good. It didn't turn out well for well, you, no. But. Going into it, you thought, okay, this is fine. I this started is- Chris Wood. With an orange triangle. Oh, so just so, so you know, Brian, if I say, if I just say COVID nineteen, can we just move on from that part of my life? Sure. Yes, and then just it, it would include this, and then we'll go week. on to game week. What you guys were about to talk about, about more about strategy. What would you have done? What did you want to do so, that you didn't? Do? So here's what I th- I thought about it afterwards, and so I have a feeling. <laughs> Um, I probably would have ended up with Obama Yang. Okay. Right. And I would have been thinking about that as a, a beyond week 30 move. Okay. And I would probably be hating that idea right now. I, I also wondered if I would have ended up with Pepe Reina as my <laughs> second goalkeeper. Yeah. And I would have immediately regretted that move. Oh, yeah. As well. I thought that too. You probably would so, have had De Bruyne, right? Yeah, I, I I kept thinking, who would I have captained? I almost certainly would have captained him. So that would have made a, a difference. That would have helped. Let me just interject. He was yeah. the most captained in 30-plus. Yeah. I, I mean, mean it's a, did, right, it Dave? seemed yeah. an exceptionally yeah. safe no captain. Brainer. I yeah. can't think of anyone else that I would have thought, like, okay, I got I would have taken a shot on that. Although you could have gone with Riyad Mahrez or Bernardo Silva and probably been just as fine. Or Phil Foden. Yeah, yeah. if you had More Phil on that Foden. in a second. Yeah. yeah, so I yeah, there were, I I just think the the benefit would have been to the holes especially in the bench where you know like say Brandon Williams if you have him or Mason Greenwood or Chris Wood with an orange <laughs> triangle or your zero points from uh Mo Salah uh those kinds of things that would have probably um well, they hurt me where they wouldn't have hurt others. <laughs> well, there, there's uh, in, no point in, in taking advantage of a free wild card. No. Yeah, <laughs> well, when no. you already have one. Well, right. <laughs> I just thought of it as right. banking the free one. And yeah, it was not a, it was not a good day. I had to go to the chiro- chiropractor that morning. Deadline, right? COVID-19, yeah. what are you going to do? Yeah, what are you gonna do? So for a match and a half, Aston Villa kind of looked like Maybe I should be taking a look at more Aston Villa. They look good against Sheffield. So you mentioned 
Pepe Reina, yeah. my bet about whether or not he would have uh, a lot of clean sheets is dead. Yeah. Because uh, uh, is it Neyland or Nyland? Whatever it is. He's he's in there. He, he was Spelled good. Spelled Nyland. Some pronounce Neyland. Okay. Well, uh, stay tuned for a future episode <laughs> on that Look, one. Look, I, I don't... <laughs> If we have to go that far into Aston Villa, I feel like I feel <laughs> like that wrong. is I Fair feel enough. like that is an exhausted resource. But there. for a match and a half, I was looking at him as my backup goalkeeper because I played my bench boost. So I had two good two. I had Henderson and I had Pope. Okay. I was just hoping that Pope would make a bunch of saves. We'll we'll come back to that. Yeah. But I I knew that I'm gonna want to send one of those out because I'm not gonna want all that money at goalkeeper now that right. I played my bench boost. And, you know, Nealon, Nylon, Nealon, Nylon. Yeah. Uh, he he looked like a viable option. Uh, Dean Henderson is the one who ended up being the goalkeeper of the week with 13 fantasy points, most of those on the back of the clean sheet against Aston Villa in the first match. But he is the only Blade who made the Dream Team. But any Blade you had, you're probably okay with the one clean sheet that you got plus the one or two points you got from the rest. Probably. the only, I mean, the only possible disappointment for anyone is... Egan. Is... John Egan, yeah, who got who got a red? Yeah. I almost said Dan Egan, uh, which is a uh, prominent character on Veep. So I, right, you've done that before, <laughs> yeah. For Aston Villa, I have, I have. Did I do it with Egan? Yes, he did. Okay, yes, he did. good. <laughs> yes. As, bring a, that as back a beginning again. Grealish owner going into this week, I was oh, disappointed. That is a guy that I almost certainly would have had. On, have I Grealish. almost certainly would have had Grealish on the team, and I would have. I mean, four points is better than. Four uh, points for the most transferred in player for the yeah. game week. Yeah, that's disappointing. Yep. But he looked good. You know, this is a, a situation where, I mean, he's on a team where he is by far the best player. Yeah. Uh, and unfortunately, you know, he draws the more the most fouls. He's drawn more fouls than anybody else. He's drawn almost 140 fouls well, for the season. Is he in Zaha range? After the first match, the Sheffield United match, heading into the second match, I had found a stat that said that Jack Grealish has won more fouls at that time. It was 131 than any other player in a single Premier League uh, season or campaign since Opta was recording those numbers. So, yeah, he draws some fouls. He's beyond Zaha territory at this point. Grealish is good. It just didn't show up in the fantasy points. But Courtney House did show up in the Dream Team. He was the one villain who made it. That's only because he scored the the goal that Villa scored against Chelsea. Um Let's let's stick with the double game week. So we've talked a little bit about Sheffield United. If you had, you know, two or three defenders or you know defenders slash goalkeeper, uh, you're you're generally happy. If you had Grealish, maybe not so much. If you had a citizen or two, there's no doubt you're thrilled. Everyone who owned KDB was thrilled after the first match against Arsenal. Absolutely, uh, he ended up with 15 on the week, 30. Obviously, fast math there if you captained him. I also started Laporte and then Aguero. I was pretty disappointed Laporte didn't start today. I thought he he would he would have started. He did come on. Um, yep, just like KDB did. And he I did was hoping either. that he would play the first sixty and then get subbed off. Mm-hmm. Did not happen for me. So my trio did fine. I mean, I think most most people who had the eight goals versus nothing <laughs> goals, City, right. Everyone's probably fine. Yeah. Jesus, Mares, Bernardo Silva, even Raheem Sterling, he did have an okay the first match, I mm-hmm. think. Yeah, he scored. Ten points. Mm-hmm. So First match. If you had a citizen, you're happy. Yeah. And, you know, even though Pep almost went with two squads, really, for these two matches, I mean, especially up front. Yeah. Uh, you're right. The, the amount of goals they scored, the amount of fantasy points each player was able to collect in the one 
or one plus a little bit match they played made you happy? Do you want to address Sergio Aguero right now, or do you want to wait? Let's address or- it. Okay, so Aguero obviously leaves injured. Yep. In match two, you, in get, a, you get double assists from Aguero, which is a really expensive couple of, of assists that you uh, got. Yeah. Of a I want. I'm not going anywhere near him. Well, now I don't know if anyone will need to go anywhere near him. Pep updating to say uh, it doesn't look good. Unfortunately, there was a shot. He, Jesus. Felt, he felt something in his knee. So yeah, talking about that, he'd already struggled with the knee injury in the past month. Uh, the only optimism for it is he says it'll he'll be out a few games for sure, but maybe if the tests come back tomorrow, we get good news. We'll see. Does that change your feelings about Jesus? Yeah. Or is that? But what I guess what I'm saying is, in the context of heavy rotation, incoming, no matter what, but feeling like for him, who's going to play up there? That's, instead that's of exactly him. it. There isn't Sterling. Else. I mean, Maybe. Sterling would. He could. Would you They've be? Done uh, that before. I, I guess what I'm saying is, would you be okay if Jesus ends up playing 65 minutes and then they just shift around the formation to accommodate somebody else up top? Sterling didn't play today. Right. He played. He was like one of the only players to play the full match against Arsenal. So he did not play today. He is guaranteed to start midweek. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he might be starting at center forward. Yeah, I mean, but but here, does it does it make you pause at all to bring in Gabriel Jesus or any other citizen that you're you're enamored with now that you've seen City play for two matches, knowing that their next two opponents are Chelsea and Liverpool? Does that matter at all? Yeah, that's only yeah, a little bit. Chelsea, little bit. Chelsea, no, not Chelsea, not at all. Liverpool. Have a you guys good bit. looked at their last? No. Six yeah, opponents? the last six is great. So <laughs> after the next, citizens after, after the, the next two, yeah, and then so that to me it would be, do you dare spend? Knowing that you're probably already looking at other people in the that are less than nine pounds for your forwards, mm-hmm. thinking of Jimenez, probably you could say Jimenez, Jimenez is, is your is your top. Is He's your top home to priced. Bournemouth and at Villa, and he is cheaper than Jesus. No for one the is next ki- two no weeks. one is kinder the rest of the season. Few teams have a kinder schedule the rest of the way than than Wolves. A Wolves triple up. Almost no matter who you pick is not a bad idea. I gave you guys my front line on this episode last week, and I did not change it. For those who follow us on Instagram, they know this. I did not change it, even though I did change strategies from when we recorded to when the lineup's locked. I went with the bench boost, even though I wasn't going in that direction. It definitely changed my lineup. Going back briefly to the other double game week clubs, I had you know I had John Fleck, and I felt really great about that, but then on the – on right. Wednesday morning, it came out that he was a doubt to play. Right. So, I mean, I went into panic mode, four changes, <laughs> Wednesday morning. Got, I did. You got a, what, 117? 117. I'm not, I'm not upset. But I had to do things based on money. And so instead of going from like, – with Fleck, I, I was like, okay, I'm going to keep it in the team. So I went to Oliver Norwood. Um, I was – you know, I, I didn't want to go to Grealish. I didn't have the money, to be honest, to go to Grealish. So I went to a different villain midfielder. Took a long shot on Douglas Louise. I thought maybe maybe there'd be something there. Um, and in the end, he had, I think, four points on the game week, which is it's whatever. But these things obviously dictated my strategy. But my front line stayed the same. Raul and Ings, I felt great with. And remember what I said last week? What the dumb mass move of the week sure. was? Most transferred out forward, Danny Ings? Yep. Yeah, I'm loving those 11 points, Dave. That was a great move to hold on to him. Uh, and I'm probably going to hold on to him just a little bit longer, considering that you know he's playing Arsenal next. So we'll get to that in a second. But 
Um, Raul, you're absolutely right. Raul's not going anywhere. Why would Raul go, any, go anywhere? The one forward I missed on was Tammy Abraham for Chelsea. He didn't provide any kind you of You know return. what, though? That's not a huge miss. There aren't many people, I don't think, that would have guessed that Giroud was getting that started. Sure, and I'm not saying that I you know, should have seen that coming. I'm just saying, in reality, Abraham didn't provide the returns. Abraham, coincidentally, teaser for what we're going to talk about at the end of the pod, is all, he's, I've already sent him out. He's my free transfer out this week. We'll come back to who I brought him in for, or who I sent him out for. So just to wrap it up, you're saying, Dave, absolutely not. You're not even going to think about Jesus as a forward option. Scott, you would say it's worth a minimum worth consideration. I think Jesus, depending on Aguero's health, will be in my lineup after they play Liverpool, and he'll probably not come out. I I like uh, I like Jesus going forward. I just was looking at his price, and I'm like, I mean, technically on the surface, with with you know, Jimenez is great. Jamie Vardy is is the same, same price, price as Jesus. Jesus for the most part. So you know. Bar- the Leicester highlights, you know, look, I I was I didn't see a whole lot of football this weekend as I happened to be camping and there was no cell service, little to no cell service mm-hmm. where I was. So it was catch a random score here and there and or have to rely on Brian to update me at halftime of the Arsenal match. Mm-hmm. He's like, do you know what happened? <laughs> and he tells me about Lino, Leno. Uh, and we'll so, come back to that. Anyways, I want to. I want to. My point is capitalize on the Vardy comparison. Yeah, you make your point, and I'm going to come back. to My, my point was on the surface. I, I, I earlier five minutes ago I said, "Man, give me some Jesus if Aguero's not going to be out." Those two games don't, or those the Chelsea Liverpool they don't scare me, but there are other guys who are producing. The Wolves look great. Mm-hmm. Wolves looked absolutely great. Now maybe it was because they were playing West Ham. I don't know, but Wolves look great. Well, Adama Traore. Traore is great. ridiculous. Um, I want to talk about him later, too. So, so here's the question I want to ask you guys. Um, who's going to score more points in the next two weeks? Jesus against Chelsea and Liverpool or Vardy against Brighton and Everton? I know Brighton and Everton both got results on the week, uh, you know, this past weekend, but on paper it would, it would read as Vardy, right? I think so. I just, I mean, I, I just wonder about, like, with every club, almost except Manchester City, who looked like dominant old city for whatever reason. Just everyone's so fresh. This, the rest of the season feels like a gigantic 1-1 draw. Like, every match has a feeling of, the like, I think we said this last time we were here, uh, the quality of the quality teams is going to really win out when there's a gulf in quality. Mm-hmm. But like you saw with Spurs and Manchester United, who are pretty even in, in quality, you're, you get a 1-1. Watford has shown quality a lot of this. You know, even, even at the worst of their season, they still showed some quality. 1-1 against Leicester doesn't feel off. But Wolves should beat West Ham 2-0. Bournemouth is dragging. I mean, hmm. Villa and I mean Villa, I mean, we can we can get into this, I'm sure, in a, in a moment, but there's no one luckier than anyone who bought a villain defender. 
this sure. this double game. Matt Target was in my bench boost. Right. There that was no... a money move. That was a money move for double game week. I was yeah. like, well, I might as well give it a shot. If you got Tyrone Mangs or Matt Target or I don't know who, I know what who what else? what point one percent of owners went for House Haas. <laughs> Almost no one. Yeah. No one would have gone for him. So if you did that, or for if you are like you know if you're in the inner circle and you knew that Neyland was going to start, then good for you. Yes, yeah, <laughs> you feel great, you feel great about it. But it's just there's there's no one luckier I feel like than uh, than Villa coming out of this double game week. All right, let's put a a wrap uh, or or let's bring you know start to bring the double game week conversation to a close. I've got several things to go through just to wrap this part up. First of all. There's no denying that the Premier League got off to as rough a start as they could have ever imagined in the very first match upon the return, a resumption of the season. I'm, of course, referring to the quote-unquote ghost goal that uh, occurred and didn't occur at the same time in the Sheffield-Villa match. Now, I'm going to use this to start by introducing... The bad beat of the week, Dave. So this oh. is going to be this week's bad beat of the week. Okay. That goal, that, that free kick that went in that was caught by Nylon Nealon and then was pushed into the net. Right. That kick was delivered by Oliver Norwood. Yeah. Oliver Norwood deserves some credit for yeah. that free kick. I don't care how FPL scores it, if they give it a goal or if they give it an assist. I don't know what, you know, if it's a Nealon own goal, Nealon Nylon. Whatever, that's fine. But Oliver Norwood's owners, myself included, I'm mostly just ranting about my bad luck here, okay, sure. missed out on some points, just as Sheffield United as a club missed out on some valuable, valuable points. It's easy to forget that Oliver Norwood sent that sent that ball in. But alas, it was not to be for him or for Sheffield United. And the reason, Brian, mm. was because of a word that uh, we don't hear very much in English parlance mm-hmm. these days. But Hawkeye, the company behind, Parlance? the system behind, you know what I'm talking about, Dave. The system behind the goal decision system, that, sure. that thing, Hawkeye. that decides whether or not the ball crosses the goal line, it, it didn't work. No, it didn't. And they gave us a term uh-huh. to help explain why it didn't, and that's what I've asked Brian Jay to teach us how to say <laughs> this week. So, so I thought that, maybe it was parlance. Can you do a double? And no. I just add no, parlance? No, you can't make stuff up. We have an agenda, People Dave. don't use that in everyday lingo, wordsmith guy. You're 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 the smith here, not me. <laughs> I'm not a wordsmith. Listen, I'm here to help. I'm Mr. Here to vocabulary, help the wow, crushing it. Thank you very much. Right. Well, we'll just wait till you hear what Brian's got okay, to say. Okay, well, I am excited yeah. about that. So you want... Bad beat over, how to say with Brian J. How to say, an important word for English time. <laughs> uh, do you want a, a music? Sure. I, I'm... Michael Jackson's ABCs, Dave, Jackson Five. You can no, not at all. Uh, I need you to play. This is going to be kind of off, uh, off the beaten path, even for this doesn't this podcast. Me. You're going to play the song. We didn't see a thing. Uh, the duet by Ray Charles and George Strait. Yes, uh, yes, you are. Uh, you're going to play it. I don't Stop. want you to play anything else. Uh, Ray Charles is involved in a song. We didn't see a thing. Yes, ma'am. This week's How to Say could just as easily be called Hawkeye. 
uh, Scott, as you said. That's true. The official Hawkeye statement, which many of us have read at this point, uh, the seven cameras located in the stands around the goal area were significantly occluded by the goalkeeper, defender, and goalpost. This level of occlusion yes. has never been seen before in over 9,000 matches that the Hawkeye goal line technology system has been in operation. So the word of the week, Dave, was occlusion, forcing many writers and folks out there to have to look it up. Okay, sure. Thank you, occlusion. Hawkeye, for yeah, forcing seriously. us into learning. They unre- But this is the part everyone has to admit. They said they unreservedly apologized to the Premier League and Sheffield United and everyone affected by this incident. Closure, blockage, barricade, that is your definition. That is occlusion. And based on their apology, I am sure we are all extremely assured that <laughs> Hawkeye officials... We'll be monitoring this situation very closely. Sure. And I'll bet you dollars to donuts that the Premier League will be taking all appropriate measures to ensure that this situation is resolved in a way that is fair to all parties involved. We can only expect that. Oh, yeah. In fact, I say it now stands to reason that some people say, indeed, most people seriously think, that many researchers now argue that this alleged incident is now part of a growing body of evidence that suggests that the Hawkeye product is now regarded by data analysts as ranging anywhere from not significant to the recently identified category of insignificant plus, which clearly signals the broader intent of all parties to one, address the likelihood that mistakes may have been made, and two, that there is a thoroughgoing investigation into the acknowledgement of fault of any and all parties insofar as the acknowledgement of said fault or faults is appropriate. (laughs) Wow. Minimum. We yeah. should expect <laughs> this level of care and concern. Agreed. Well mis- done. Mis- yeah. Mistakes were made. Occlusion I have a, I have a feeling that Chris Wilder probably experienced some coronary occlusion after this match <laughs> there was is over. No doubt. He said, uh, in addition to acknowledging that there could be legal. Uh, avenues explored depending on mm. the and the outcome at the end of the season from wow. people above him he said mm. uh his quote i think sums it all up perfectly as usual this isn't my this is a how to say manager quote of the okay day. Dale, yeah well, why not manager quote of the day how to say uh we're breaking all the rules chris wow. wilder technology has let us down but it should have been backed up by a bit of courage Mm-hmm. And I didn't see much of that That's on true. the night. Damn right. So a man Chris like Chris Wilder. Wilder is calling out the cowardice yeah. of Paul Tierney because Paul Tierney was the VAR in this match. And why, based on the circumstances, why, why do you have a video assisted referee when you're supposed to review every goal scoring moment yep. and or opportunity? And you, do you know what he did? What are you doing? Do you know what he did? He did. Well, do you know why? He did not. He was snacking on mozzarella no. sticks. No, <laughs> he was expecting the watch to go off. He was relying on the gold decision system exactly the same way as Michael Oliver was. Neither of them. Michael Oliver can be excused uh, from this because he Michael he's in Oliver a position can to make be a call. Excused, but Paul Tierney because he Michael Oliver is not on that line. He knows it's close, he, but he's not on the line. Mm-hmm. Linesman is not 
perfectly on the line either. But at some point, guy in the booth mm-hmm. who's looking at the same replay that everyone on TV is looking at, okay, you hit the buzzer. Bzzz, yeah. You buzz down, hey, Michael Oliver, run over the hood and go look at this. That's a freaking goal. That's insanity. Yep. The posturing of when to use VAR and when not to. Yeah. This should be the rule. Man, that looks funny. Let's check it out. <laughs> That's it. Why well, else do you have it? Dave, depending on your definition of funny, let's review what <laughs> the previous statement from sure. Hawkeye. Fair enough. I don't know if you understand. This is unprecedented levels of occlusion that sure. we experience it is. here. I mean, and look, their apology, I feel like, really... Really, the fairest of fairness, minimally satisfying to a number of people out there. <laughs> so, look, we just need to keep this all in perspective as we move forward. Can I ask you a question? Uh, well yeah. done, Brian. Wouldn't you say that there have been goals that have you know been awarded or not awarded by the goal decision system that have had significantly harder abilities to see camera angles to show definitively whether or not the goal is in compared to this one. Yeah, it seems like it, especially because I think the second response to Hawkeye Technologies is someone with a screenshot of their own <laughs> exactly. television saying, exactly. here's a view. <laughs> exactly. Did, you, did one of your cameras have Was this, this one? Occluded? My TV did. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, speaking of Sheffield United, before we leave them, Dave, you and I made a little bet about one Lord John Lundstrom. Lundstrom. Uh, and whether or not he'd play 60 minutes in each match. You I said I yes. I think I lost that. I, feel, I said I feel no. like I lost it. Now, he didn't even He started the first match. He played all 90 in the first match. He only played 24 in the second. So So that's a total of 120. How many did he play in the second one? (laughs) Hold on. There's his fast math again. Hold on. 114. 114. And you need, all you needed, needed to do was get matter. to 120. No, 120. you needed 60 in I, each. I Don't change the bet. Listen, I lost. I lost the lost bet. The I needed bet. 120. Thank you for admitting so. Right. Well, hey, it's not true, but anyway, I won the bet. Dave, you own Dean Henderson? Yeah, I have a, I have a dumb issue this week. And, and I think I just like everyone to... that owns Henderson has a dumb issue. Scott, you no longer. This did not apply to you? Has never applied I to you? I have or... Henderson because of my Oh, you do, with boost. Pope. All right. Yep. Okay, let's, so you, let's, so you let's both, you have quickly. the, okay. I actually might free hit this week. It doesn't matter because 31 plus will occur by the time people listen to this. Sure, I, I'm, I'm, but th- this does go on beyond that. And I, I'll, I have I'll, a, I have a Lano, Lano issue, okay? <laughs> sure. And a, and a Henderson issue. Henderson right. can't play against his parent club this week. Right. So along with a Sergio Aguero issue, and then possibly not having Mohamed Salah, who I think is going to start and score two goals this week after Probably not so. playing. So, I have I have issues. I'm considering free hitting this week. Yeah, <laughs> and I don't feel great about it. But at this point, Scott, what we would normally use it for is not going to happen. Mm-mm. So, double I, game I, weeks and or FA I don't Cup like s- having to use transfers on goalkeepers. Number one, yeah, because if if this is two weeks from now, then I just play Henderson yeah. again. So. Uh, and I don't have to worry about it. So yeah, I think I might I might do some shenanigans this week. Henderson ineligible to face Manchester United in Correct. the upcoming match. Right. So by the time you hear this, you'll probably know you might even know the result of that match. It's the for me, it's the issue of beyond because Sheffield go Spurs, Burnley, Wolves, Chelsea, Leicester. It's not 
It's not the greatest. It's not the best. They can kind of do. Uh, they. I mean, you know that they've. They this season they have played up. They mm-hmm. played up to everyone. The question is, they had a horrible letdown against Newcastle, and they probably should have done better. I mean, you. In real life, they won at least one nothing against Aston Villa. So, you know, they scored at least a goal. Uh, what I'm saying is that going forward, they have five in a row where you say, I'm okay with them playing Burnley, but Spurs, even a Mourinho Spurs, you probably kind of like prefer not to have to do right. that. I'm gonna Wolves, bring, not at all. We, we, we have to move on. There's so much more to get sure. to. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring this up. I said this to you this past midweek when the first two games were on, and I said, I wonder. I, well, I said my question to you was, if Leicester on their title-winning season, where everything went right for them, if they would have had a three-month break, that would have completely broken every bit of mojo and everything that they yeah. had going. They probably don't win the title. Hmm. Sheffield, having a dream season True. in the Premier League, they've had a three-month break. Have they now kind of lost some of their mojo and gone back to being a championship level club? I wonder. They've looked. They have. They've looked like a championship level club these first two matches. So, I just wonder if if and I own three currently three Sheffield players, two defenders, right. one goalkeeper. I'm just throwing it out there. If you I, were wild carding this week, would any Sheffield player survive your wild? Probably card? not. Okay. And I still have a wild card. Okay. So. I'm not wild carding. Interesting. I might do a wild card, wild card back to back. I don't know. I we'll, I we'll easily see. could. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, no. I, I I literally I think there is something to that. Okay. And 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 I feel bad for Liverpool. They were rolling, rolling, rolling for the most part. They did have a little hiccup against Watford before the break. Robertson and Salah, two starters, not sure. not on the pitch. And so, I mean, that's a big deal. Uh, I joked about it. Liverpool and Everton, the stats show that at Everton, they always draw nil-nil. It's weird. Over the last, like, eight years. I think Liverpool will be fine. They're going to win the title. Although it's fun for me to joke that they haven't yet. And uh, and you never – look. Yeah. This could be the beginning of the greatest collapse of all time. That's what it would be. If that happened, that would be the single most amazing thing in all of sports. (laughs) Any sport Listen, for all time. If Liverpool don't win the title, I'll live stream naked a podcast recording. All right? I mean, I'd be willing to go that far. I'm not going to hold confident. you to that. <laughs> and I won't be here for that. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case it happens. I'll do it. I'll do it virtually somehow. Anyways. Um, one last thing about Sheffield, and then we can move on. Jack O'Connell, injured, still injured. Probably coming back next match by the time you would hear this. I know there were a lot of transfers for Jack Robinson. He's a 4-0 defender for Sheffield. He's gotten He got starts in both uh, the double match week games. He still is going to start as long as Egan is suspended, which is the next two matches. Yeah, it's going to be yeah, a couple weeks. Spurs. I think he's. I don't think he's back until July 2nd. I think that's the way it's on there. So, so Jack Robinson for $4.00. If you really wanted to have someone who actually is going to play, who has a spot for at least two more weeks, uh, is an option at 4-0. We have to spend a little bit of time on Arsenal. Uh, first of all, let me give out Scott's stat of the day. And now it's time. 
time for Scott's stat of the day. Scott's stat of the day is the number four. Four. Yeah, number four. Number four. The amount of times that uh, the amount of times that Mikel Arteta applied hair gel to his hair. <laughs> oh, good. good. That, I can that, go no. with that. I, I like mean, that. I could be right. Uh, four I is um, neither confirmed nor denied. Four is the uh, number of ligaments collectively Arsenal players have left yeah, intact. Uh, very Again, true. I hate. I always lose this, but it's fun anyways. It's great. The reality is... Terrible terrible answers. As you probably already know, it's the number of red cards for David Luiz. That's a lot. Got you. That is a lot. Yeah. It's the most. And uh, it's... You want me to heap on that for you, Dave? Sure. I I do. What else you got? Ask me. Just Opta... What else you got, Would you like me to heap on top of that? Yeah. Per Opta Joe from uh, Opta... uh, Thing. The Opta thing, yeah. The Opta thing. (laughs) David Luiz is the first player, David, to be sent off, concede a penalty, and commit an error leading to an opposition goal since August of 2015 when good. former gunner Carl Jenkinson did it. Mm. He was not playing for Arsenal at the time, but barely. <laughs> right, sure. He still but had either the way, residue on him. Yeah, sure. <laughs> still had a touch of Arsenal there sure. as he was <laughs> suiting up for West Ham when he yeah. did that exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Those are not great stats. But it, how, you have to speak to how frustrated it is to know that he shouldn't have been out there in the first place. No, not yet. We're going to make it worse. Oh, come on. So David Luiz played the first match, couldn't play the second. Mustafi, how could it get worse? Mustafi was out there for the second. That's okay, right? And uh, it looked okay at first. I mean, Arsenal scored the first goal in this match, conceded pretty quickly after that. And then, the very end, the guy who had taken out your goalkeeper, Dave, Neil Mope. I like how you said that because that is so true. Neil Mope. The football gods decide that Arsenal fans haven't had it bad enough yet. And Neil Mope, in extra, extra time, scores the winning goal for the Trash Birds, Brighton, over Arsenal. Dave, first of all, I don't know if you want to just talk about Leno for a second. I don't know if you want to talk about the whole thing. Let's just, let's, just, let's just give you the floor. People want to know how you feel, Dave. Give us your Arsenal moment and tell us what it's like right now to be an Arsenal fan. I feel like this is, for me, as a sports fan, as an Atlanta Falcons fan who watched – their hearts get ripped out by the New England Patriots in the Super Bowl three, four years ago, whatever it was. I try to block that night out of my mind, but it's still there. This couldn't have gone, this restart, project restart as they call it, couldn't have gone worse for Arsenal Football Club. With so much optimism going into this, with, with new lineups, fresh legs, a lot of youth playing, optimism. Returns from injuries. Oh, Tierney started fully, the first match. Fully healthy squad. Never saw this all year. Pablo Mari alone, alone that that looks to sign afterwards. He gets a start uh, in his first Premier League match. And then you look out there and there's no Socrates and there's no David Luiz. Mustafi, to his credit, ever since Arteta showed up and took away certain responsibilities, has actually been decent. I know that I've railed on him before, but if you go look at the stats, it's it's fact. 
So I wasn't worried about that much. Even had, in that first had, match, it was noticeable. I think it was commented on multiple times, at least through the first, at least in the first half, how effective even Bellerin had been in tracking back. Defensively, yeah. he looked much better. Arteta right. had taken away yeah. going forward from Tyranny and Bellerin. And they were playing City, so that you have to stay at home because they'll torch yep. you. It's just like Liverpool. You can't go forward on them. They'll torch you. Yep. Anyways, look, Mari goes out with an injury. Leno goes out with an injury. Louise comes in as, and, and and is the reason why the first goal goes in and then gives a red card for the second. And, it, and it's just heap crap upon crap upon crap what it feels like on, on your head. And it's just like – just – Freaking mail it in, like just just be done with the season. Somehow get done with the season, and and you need four center backs at this point. Maybe you keep Mustafi, but you need at least three. Socrates, Louise, Louise has got to go now. I've kind of always been on his side, but come on, man, that like from a veteran, you can't be making those mistakes. You just can't. He was coming off of a scrimmage where he was dinking and dunking around against Brentford, and he was the reason why they lost that scrimmage. Maybe not why they lost, but he, he was the reason why they gave up a goal, whatever. That was just a scrimmage. Bottom line is, look, it's horribly disappointing. Like, like you're so excited to watch a match, and then your team shits the bed. And so and, – and then you're left to clean it up. Oh, I have to clean it up and clean up the diarrhea that someone else put in the bed. I now have to clean up. So disgusting. It's not even a family member. It's like it's just it's just brutal. And uh, any Arsenal fan is just sick to their stomach over it. Now, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Why do was you keep Neil... saying? Oh, I was going to ask a question and right over top of you. Oh, you want to ask at the same time? Why do you keep saying Leno? Is it Leno? Lino. Lino, whatever. I forgot that segment. I, don't, okay. I, didn't, I didn't listen to your segments. Thank you. When you start listening to the pod, I'll listen to your segments. Oh, wow. <laughs> All right. No, not <laughs> fair. Not a fair trade-off. <laughs> when, when Leno went down. It's Lino. When Lino. No, say it again. Just do what you did. Leno. Leno, Leno. L-A-I-N-O. When Lino went down. When Lino went down. Yeah. Was was your do you did you think then and do you think now that Neil Mopay's play was dirty? So when I was watching the highlights because I couldn't watch it live again because I was camping. Mm -hmm. When I watched the highlights, I didn't know when it was going to happen, and so when I saw it developing, I thought in my mind, I'm like, well, it's not going to happen there. And Mopay is five foot two. <laughs> uh, he is a short guy. <laughs> not that short, but okay. He might be four eleven. Okay, fair. Lino Leno Lino mm -hmm. was jump was running out towards the edge of the box to grab the ball, and I, I still never saw a close up on how exactly it happened. But Malpe initiates contact with Lino Leno Lino when when there was no need. He was never getting the ball. Len, Lino Leno Lino I think had the ball, and Malpe kind of gives him the shoulder tackle that knocks him off balance or something, and he falls weird and goes down, and he's out for the rest of the season. And Light, well, it seems the, like the, the expectation is ACL. So you're talking is, about that's is, a year. It's it a, it's might one, as it's well one be year. a year yeah. for something. And then he doesn't even get a card for it. Now, I know it looks innocent. I champion rough tackles. I don't champion meaningless touches off the ball. 
It's the it's not an NBA. I don't. Po- it's not Scott. A, I'm always with you with the tugging and pulling on corners, if, indoor set pieces. Yeah. If a goalkeeper, if you have a chance, a goalkeeper. <laughs> wow. Peeping, uh, peeping. Yeah. Goalkeeper. Yeah. Peeps is grabbing the ball with his hands, and you are five foot two. There is no need to attempt to get it with your head. You won't get it. It's the not an NBA podcast rule of. You have to let the shooter land. Yes. You, you cannot, cannot undercut You cannot undercut someone. You can't put your feet that where is, the normal landing spot would be. That can be taken advantage of, but in this case, uh, it seems like it was just a, I, it was bad footing. I was so with Leno, Lino Lino, when he was pointing at Malpe as he's going off the pitch. I would have been furious too. Is this Dave the Arsenal fan talking though? That was an innocuous play. We see it. 15 times a weekend. No, no a we don't. A forward going up for the ball no just one, in case the keeper drops it. No or just one, in case no one the touches the keepers. It. No one touches them. I beg to Unless differ. they're going in for a challenge on a play. Oh, This I, was not I know what this a is. challenged play. This is your anti-French bias. <laughs> oh, of course. I'm a Frenchist. You hate the French. <laughs> Viva la France. Did you see Mopé's post-match statements? Um. Yeah. And I hope he gets what, what's coming to him at some point. See, I, I don't think he needed to say what he said about Arsenal you know, getting what they deserved. But I think that your Arsenal bias is showing on that play. I don't think You don't call that play out when we see it in every other match. Yes, I would. Yes, absolutely I would. All right. We'll uh, see. Again, I'm, con- I'm consistent with this. Hard tackles, no problem. Um, I thought Cahill should have got a red card. In the Crystal Palace match. How did he not? How did he not? Studs up. Even if you get the ball, you demolish an ankle. We'll get to that. So I'm consistent when it comes to this stuff. I'm just saying there's no need for... I thought a Bournemouth guy should have got a red card for the elbow to Coyote's neck in this same match. Well, it felt I think it was Adam Smith. I think it was Adam Smith. But, so, but when you don't give the first one, you can't give the second one. VAR put themselves in a corner on that. The and English, I know we're skipping matches. The English FA people who look at this stuff and make decisions. Uh-huh. That's as bad as unwordsmith as I could be right there. Mm-hmm. Have got to do better. Should Guendozi have been absolutely choked out yep. by yep. red card? When it happened, and I don't remember the last choke, it might have happened to Arsenal. I can't remember. Maybe to Lacazette. I can't remember. I said it then, and, and Guendozi should have a three-match ban. Absolutely. You don't go around touching people after the game, during the game, around the neck. Unacceptable. Completely unacceptable. The young kid lost his cool. He should be punished. See, he's not biased. No, no, not at all. Uh, but let's Even though Malpay probably deserved it. Let's contrast that play then with what Ederson did to his own defender, Eric Garcia. Ederson goes in strong for the ball and completely KOs Eric Garcia in a very scary play. Eric Garcia, by the way, because I was looking for cheap defenders to play in a bench boost, and I told you I went with Matt Target. Yeah, I flirted with the idea of Eric Garcia for a second Ooh. in a move in a move that no one has to believe because I can't actually validate it. But I did. I swear I did. But I'm glad I didn't because Ederson takes him out, and the only thing that keeps me from being outraged by that play is that Ederson took out his own guy. Mm-hmm. That's a play. Now, that is a play where goalkeepers are given so much discretion on how much violence they can use on the pitch. And, yes, I'm using that word intentionally. 
Ederson obviously gets nothing because he hits his own teammate. But if he takes out the opponent... I have a problem with Ederson not showing enough remorse that his teammate was knocked F out on the field. He was knocked stone cold out. It took 10 minutes to get and him Ederson off. Ederson was walking around grabbing his own wrist. I know. Acting like, oh, that guy wrist. shouldn't have gotten my way. But that's the point. Goalkeepers have such... I want to know Free from the microphones the on the pitch if Ederson yells keeper or yells something that he tells he, telling his player Maybe. he's going to get the Does ball. Does it matter? Yeah. The if, result if, is he took Ederson, out his own player. If Ederson says something and Garcia continues on the ball, that is on Garcia. If Ederson never says anything, that play is completely on him, and I would be pissed if I was Garcia. I'm curious because this was obviously in the Arsenal match, the City-Arsenal match. Uh, if it had been an Arsenal player, not, even then nothing would have happened because it's a goalkeeper coming out to get the ball. He's given the ability to be as violent as he wants to be. Okay, and here's the other thing. I'm pretty sure this happened outside the box. No, If Ederson hits it with his hands, that's a handball. No one went back to review this. I would almost guarantee this is outside the box because Ederson was way out of the goal. Oh, yeah, way out. It, therefore, it was a handball. It should have been an Arsenal free kick from that spot. Just put me on record as saying that I hate that and this And I is... am pretty sure if goalkeepers use their hands outside the box, it's a card. Probably so. See what you started? Well, I'm... Where's I'm... the oversight? Listen, I'm with him on the fact that goalkeepers should not... For me, it's from the angle of goalkeepers should not be allowed mm -hmm. some kind of special discretion, special ability to be as physical as they want to be. I'm sorry. You don't get that. You get to be like everybody else. Why not? It'd make it a whole lot more fun if they were. All right. Let's move on to the rest of the weekend. Do you have any interest in buying Neil Mopay? No. Okay. Yeah, I'd buy him. There are no less than nine forwards. I'd buy forwards him and I'd tie him up <laughs> and I'd throw him in a lake. That's what I'd do there too are, from Neil Mopay. There are no fewer than nine <laughs> forwards that you could legitimately own okay. in your three spots for fantasy. Neil Mopay is not in those top nine. Last thing about Arsenal, Aubameyang leaves with nothing in the double week. He did start both times, which I'm not sure that anyone, everyone would have expected that after he played most of the first match. Finishes the double week with nine shots, which is more than anyone in the Premier League took that played two matches. Three shots on target, also the most of anyone in the Premier League in the two who played two matches. Five shots in the box, only Courtney Haas House had more, which is insane to think. He took five shots, and the five of his nine shots were in the box. Are, would you recommend to an Obama-Yang owner, given Arsenal's schedule going forward here, his price already dropped. He's one of the, one of the few people who's, uh, whose prices have fallen uh, in the, in this, since the restart. Would you keep him if you had him? The schedule is not terrible. I have him. I'm not going to sell him. Okay. I'm just going to, I'm going on a hunch. And the hunch is a hunch that my brother and I started talking about years ago. Like when you think, like it just seems like when, when, when you think you know what's about to happen in the Premier League, like you end up being wrong. <laughs> and like, and it looks like Arsenal's just going to lose and lose and lose the rest of these matches. They might and just get relegated. Or 
maybe maybe you know it's a little bit uh, you know maybe they rally and and they end up Obama Yang gets a brace in the next two matches. Uh, you, you like him home to Norwich in two weeks. And I don't, I don't, I don't know I don't, why you don't, don't like him this coming week. I, well, that by the time we hear the end of this, we might be. I'm keeping him. Right. So I own him and I, I'm keeping him. Maybe I shouldn't. Um, I have not been an Arsenal homer when it comes to fantasy. No, um, yeah. That's true. But I am going to stick with him. And, I, and for the money, I'm going to stick with Saka too who also started both matches, hit the bar. Uh, and, Assist Pepe. And yeah. he assisted Saka, and Saka he hit the an bar. Outstanding. Nice goal, Pepe. I'm, yeah. I'm shocked that anyone would think about – I'm not sure what you do. Saka doesn't – there doesn't seem to be a better enabler at that price, and I'm including Todd Cantwell in there or anyone else for less than five pounds than, than Saka. Yeah, no, Saka it should be probably in, in every match. His ownership – I say in every match. He should be in every team in every match. Uh, his ownership is a, a paltry 5.4%. Seems low because it seems like you need, that, a, you need an works, enabler. Huh? Paltry. Not bad. Yeah, well I done. Branched out a little Word bit. Word of the pod so far for you, Dave. Yeah, thanks. Well done. On Friday, uh, we saw a couple of matches. For me, the highlight was my oh, I told no. you so. You're not done with Wednesday Last yet? thing. No, you have to say there's no one cheaper in – in FPL right now as a starter than Emiliano Martinez, Martinez, who is backing up. True, and he looked good. Who is backing He is good. And he made he, some nice A saves. lot of people, because he's been playing cup say, matches that no one watches but Arsenal people, he's, he's been the, not only well in the cup matches. Not only the only other listed goalkeeper for Arsenal in FPL, uh, 4.2 probably will go up. I would imagine he'll, his price will go up in the next couple of days. But I, I've seen it from uh, from multiple places because Arsenal fans have seen what he's capable of. It's kind of like if he was as if he's as good as he was either in cup matches or where he was previously. It's not like it's going into incapable hands here. No, it's not. This is not a massive I, drop. I already own him, and if if things were to go on exactly the way they were, he would be my starting goalkeeper tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Like going into the next match week. Yeah, no, I get it. But uh, to me, there is no one. You don't. There isn't anyone else. Most people still would own David Button. Tons of people are buying uh, right, Martin, you know, the backup for Martinez, West Ham. Martinez is but this the... guy is actually starting with the assumption that Lino is going to be out for a significant amount of time. That's all I wanted. That's, to that's say. a really that's good note. That's good. That's good. So that is a great we, comment. You finally okay. added okay. something, Brian. That is Thank worthy you. of interruption. Thank goodness. Oh. Worthy of interruption for sure. Jeez. On Friday, I had my I told you so moment when Danny Ings put in a goal and assist. Okay. And I was able to say I told you so to all of the people who transferred him out. Right. I, felt, I felt that. Vote. You it felt was really good. Oh, I didn't waste any time gloating about that in our Slack workspace. Okay. That's for sure. But most people were paying attention to the other match, which was Spurs 1, United 1. And in this match, it was interesting because this match started with Paul Pogba on the bench. Then he comes on and draws the penalty that leads to the United goal. But Bruno is the one who takes it. This is Bruno's team, dude. And puts it in. This is Bruno's team. Mm -hmm. I I, I think everyone kind of recognizes that he's the best player on the pitch for the most part for United. Uh, Sorry, Paul. But that's probably the case on some level. Sorry, Marcus Rashford too. Bruno Fernandez is a stud, and so um, he should be in every team. 
Scott, what's his ownership? You own him. I owned him before I wild carded for the double match week. Scott, what's his ownership? Nineteen point four percent. That should be fifty percent hmm. because there's fifty percent of teams probably not playing. So all the other active teams should own him. I don't know why you. It's wouldn't. not wicked expensive. He's in a what is he like eight seven eight six at yeah the moment. eight six. You probably have a midfielder up. who's not a Liverpool or City midfielder who probably costs about that much. Most third midfielders are in that. Price no, range. I guarantee you there's a the the eights is a weird range. It's a weird range if you're sitting on someone like Harvey Barnes or a Mason Mount or someone like that that's in the low sixes. Even yeah. Grealish. Right. Yeah. That's a. It isn't an easy bit of money to make up. I had. Martial, I sold him for Bruno. Good for you. Prior to the price rise, which just happened not too long ago, Bruno was 8.6. He is now 8.7, so he's gone up. He's one of the few people who are going to have a price rise here uh, before the start of this next match week, which he's is gonna irrelevant be, gonna to, go to eight, folks eight, listening. Eight? No, no, I'm saying he's, he's already, already up to 8.7. So, and I think that, uh, again, I, look, Sheffield... You don't love the matchup, and that was the thing that I was hesitating on, is that given the back-to-back of Spurs and then Sheffield, I looked at both of those and I said, first of all, I said, I'm not going to make any moves. Second, then I said, <laughs> I, I, even this week, I don't love the Sheffield matchup. Right. Even without Egan, uh, you know, it's it's still Sheffield. They're still organized. They're not – they're not – they're – the worst they can do is replace Egan. They probably are going to get Jack O'Connell back. And the only other guy, the the X factor here would be Jack Robinson. So he would be probably the third center back that they would play. Probably not going to be as effective going forward, but it's not going to be a disorganized team that they're playing here. The only thing it could be is a team that's not as uh, uh that's not in the same zone as they were prior to the restart, yeah. as you've said, right. as we said last time we recorded. It's not a great matchup. But beyond that, I, I would just – I because I have other questions about Manchester United here. Bruno's a, an obvious one. Marcus Rashford was one of the other – one of the, the most – I think he yeah. was the most transferred in forward. Would you guys consider – are you even remotely considering De Gea, Harry Maguire – Juan Bas- Juan- well, look, I know what he did. Well, listen, what I'm we didn't saying even is- talk about the Spurs goal. Bergvine made De Gea and Maguire look silly. Right. Just well, ask Roy Keane. He especially Keane. made Maguire look silly. Well, Maguire-, Maguire made the dumbest possible move. He, looked- he took the wrongest possible angle. And and spun the wrong right, way. Right, he spun the wrong way. He looked slow and stupid on that well, he, play. He's always looked slow. Well, that's the thing. <laughs> He's his nickname is Slabhead. <laughs> it's true. You don't. You, you don't slow and stupid. It's you, true. you don't give lithe, uh, athletic, skinny guys the nickname Slabhead. That's fa- That's valid. That's very fair. But I mean, he made them look silly, and it was a great job Ooh, by Barrick. Lithe. Oh, well done. Good word. Thank Good word. you, Brian. This the podcast, right man. Oh, oh man. man. Uh, it's almost sensual, this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Rashford is 8.8. I'm just going to tell you what I've I've done already with my free transfer for this game week. I went from Abraham to Dominic Calvert-Lewin. I wanted to wait until... 
DCL finished against Liverpool, and now I'm riding DCL. Who, he had, he, hey, he, we'll he had get, some chances. Let's right? get to Everton in a minute. Yeah. yeah, but here's my right. point. That gives me a pound in the bank. I could go from Raul to Marcus Rashford. No, There's a why, pound why would you difference. go out, do There's not a pound leave difference. Raul? I'm not. That's my point. I'm not right. going to Marcus Rashford. I'm not going to do it. Yeah. He might make himself unavoidable. He could. He has absolutely every possibility of making that happen. It's not the case right now, and I'm not going to him. After Sheffield, there is not one team except possibly Crystal Palace, because by week 38, week is always, uh, it's notoriously insane. I'm saying other than other than Crystal Palace the rest of the season, I don't know what you look at and you say there's no reason why I shouldn't maximize playing United players. I'm saying that as someone who still owns Mason Greenwood and Brandon uh, Brandon Williams. So what I'm saying is like I'm not saying you buy Harry Maguire necessarily, but I'm oh. saying you have the option of Manchester United defensive players here as well because the schedule is really good. And he, pro, just prior to the restart, they were starting to show a little bit more cohesion. There's one defender I Luke like. Luke Shaw is another. It yeah, would be an option. Yeah, he hurt in a week and a half. Maybe. Uh, there's one defender I like, and he went off hurt too. It was Victor Lindelof. I don't know if it's serious, but I mean, I'm not interested at all in the United defense. Let's not forget that this is United. This is not... Okay. This is not a juggernaut at the moment. Right. They've made some good signings. Aaron wan is a great player. Maguire is a good center back, but he's not world class. I'm sorry, England fans. He's not at this moment in time. Yeah, but did you see that one run he had that one time in the game? <laughs> oh, you mean Bergvine's run? Yeah, I saw that one for sure. All right, let's move on to... So you're saying when you'd rather have Patricio over De Gea since they're almost the same price on the way out? Right, that's why I'm saying. To me, I, I would think that De Gea is as overlooked a player. Did with, you see the Bergvine goal? I did see it. That's why it he's was, overlooked. It no, was a stop, stunning... Stop. You cannot pull out one goal out of his entire career and go, yep, he sucks a big one. Wait, you think that that's an isolated play? De Gea's yeah. been moving downhill in terms of his performances for two years. I'm not sure I agree with that. Wow. Really? He has been single-handedly keeping United in the top six for the last five years. No. Ever since he tried, he almost left and didn't, his head's not been in the game. He is not He is not the world-class keeper he was two years ago. If we need a United fan to weigh in on this. League Drew, where are you? Where are you, where are you League Drew? Uh, I, I, I'm just saying it seems like a guy, given the schedule... Uh, I I wonder if that's not someone who is a bit overlooked here. Everyone is rushing. No, to you Nick. know what I want to do? Everyone is rushing to Nick Pope, and so either, sure. So when I see that, I think, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Po- Nick Pope has been very popish this entire season, making mo- a lot of people say, "I pro- if you didn't own him at some point, saying I probably should have owned him at this uh, up to this point." After Dean Henderson's done being. Uh, you know, league tied against Manchester United in 31 plus. I would be fine if you owned Dean Henderson. Henderson or Pope as your starter. Mm-hmm. And then you sold me. Emiliano Martinez is the backup. Absolutely. That's how you spend I, your to money. To me, I don't know what, I, to me, there's not an, another a more essential 
player going the rest, the, the rest of the season. In the fives at 5-3? That doesn't make any sense to me. I'm sorry. I'm not there. Okay. I'm not even there with Rui Patricio. Well, I was going to say, those five, season, so those $5 guys, so uh, like what I was going to say even about Everton, like Everton has now, it's official that their schedule the rest of the season can be described as nice. Uh, Everton, <laughs> Everton's, Everton the rest of the way is nice. So I, I don't know how many people are even going to think about Pickford when there is a Rui Patricio, when there is Nick Pope, who didn't go up in price as of this recording. He's still 4.9. That, to me, is... I, I am shocked by that, that he's not there. But I'm saying, like, the Guaidas, the Dubrovkas, the Pickfords, the De Gea's, the Patricios, all of those guys at five or above. Yeah. Why? It seems an odd choice. Yes. However... Spend your money elsewhere. But no one's doing it, is what I'm saying. 90,000 people are buying Nick Pope. 20,000 people are buying Guaida. I'm just saying as a differential, it's not an... I I don't see it as such an insane move. It was the reason why I hesitated. Same as you, Dave. I don't love spending my transfers on goalkeepers if I don't have to. No, you wildcard goalkeepers. But with Martinez, it was an... To me, I need it just to make up a couple... Makes sense. Yeah, it helped. It makes. Sense. I mean, honestly, there's those tents are are a big deal right now, so I'm just saying, like, I'm looking at the like the kind of the full scope so of the players out, who are available. Going out, you like Pope better than like. Than well, even I mean, honestly, Patricio. like a, a tightened up, a slightly tightened up. Not, I mean, not a not a, a brick wall of a defense, but Loris for Spurs. They, they, it's similar to what Arsenal was doing, where there's almost no scoring involved. Mm. They're just kind of they're playing the they're playing to the style of the manager here. This match ends one one, with a with a good Bruno flop in there just for good measure. Mm. But what I'm saying is, like even in this match, like these are two pretty evenly matched, pretty evenly matched squads, right? And so looking forward even for the rest of the season for Spurs, Son, a hugely popular guy. You know who's one of the safest guys on the on the pitch for any team for the rest of the season is Serge Aurier. He has no competition. His only two other competitors are both injured. So what I'm saying is like it seems like Spurs a guy like Lloris is it's Spurs schedule's really nice. Nice. Right. So a a more defensive, Mourinho minded Spurs team. We know they're capable of letdowns this season. Anyone anyone <laughs> not named Liverpool again or Sheffield have been disappointing. Crystal Palace tightened up a little bit here. What I'm saying is like there are names that to me are not going to be really obvious. Pope is the most obvious name. But is Burnley capable of a letdown here through Ab- the end of the absolutely. season? Absolutely. Is Burnley all locked in? They got shredded. No. 19 shots to one. Come on. And I know it was against Manchester City, but the one shot was Dwight McNeil from like 45 yards. Mm-hmm. And it was the same as Spurs against Manchester United for Kane. Harry Kane's one shot. Back to old, it's Mourinho. Mourinho Kane showed back up again. Mm. One shot from like 40 yards out. Not great. No. Well, we haven't done this in a while, but we went longer than expected. And so what I decided to do, we had no idea at the time of actual recording this, but I decided to split this up into two parts. So I hope you don't get too upset with me, but 
it just needed to happen. So enjoy this, I don't know, part one, side A, and we will get the B side out as soon as possible. Thanks.